and listen to some real talk. Now sit back, relax, and listen to some real talk. You are now listening to Unspoken Words Podcast. Yeah. You gotta be gentle. Don't manhandle it. Unspoken Words. Episode 144, the Trusting in God Strength episode. Do it again. <laughs> Little man was brave. <laughs> the hundred and forty-four thousand. Uh, oh, oh, oh. uh, the hundred and forty-four thousand yeah. cloud of witnesses. Ah, uh, oh. uh, oh, Bogukolish. Ah, who? Oh, oh, oh. So we're here in Unspoken Words, episode 144, 144. One, like, four, four. You like, when you order at Wendy's, the four for four, do you say four for four? Four for four. I'll take the four for four. F O F A F O. F O Sachi. You can't even spell four for four. You order four for four. You can't even spell four for four. F O F A F O. Fosachi. F O Sachi. F O Sachi. Oh man, so we're here, right? We're here. AC is going, cooling down a little bit. Yes, sir. A little bit. So over here to my right, all the way from Bob Wood, I know, I know, I know, he is your ace, your home one, your favorite Indian. JCB, say hoka hey. Hoka hey. Hoka hey, little big man. Ah, who? Oh. And over here to my left, all the way from L. Jesus, number 83 in a place to be, the pod Gotti Randy B. Say hoka hey. And he ain't even trying to preach, y'all. Hey. Hey, two time co champion. <laughs> <laughs> And across the way from me tonight, special guest back for his third time in the building, uh, Craig Doney, aka Chester, aka Yogi Bear. Uh Hey, hey, Babu. Hey, Babu. Hey, Hey, Babu. Hey, Josiah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Smarter than your average bear. Yeah, he's from uh, he's from Bapua by way of the South Side. <laughs> south, south Side of side. Bapua. Hey, you're Bapua. from South Side of Bapua. I know he's from South Side of Belens, though. Belens, Belens, Yeah, Riverfront. Maybe all the way Riverfront. What? Hey, and you know me, Mo hugs not drugs, all the way from up the road in Arrow Creek. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, and as JC said, don't manhandle that little fan. Yeah. That little fan. <laughs> can't take it. <laughs> so we got, there's a little fan in here, like the one that kind, the kind that blows air. The kind, <laughs> I don't know, one of those. One of those, yeah. 
And I was moving it around. Chester said, hey, good man handling that fan. That little fan. <laughs> yeah, a good man handling that little fan. He did nothing to you. He didn't even do anything. Why Doesn't are you doing this? that? Stop you always treat him, him like that. It's <laughs> just all the time either. It's all the time. He really looks up to you. <laughs> he really likes to blow on you. <laughs> he just wants to cool you down. <laughs> <laughs> this is a family show, damn it. I know. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no. In my mind, it's a family <laughs> show. <laughs> a family of grown-ups. There's no little kids around. <laughs> Everybody's grown up in this family. <laughs> okay, so I got a couple warm-up, couple icebreakers for us this evening. And we're going to talk about, uh, we got an article that we're going to talk about opioid response, opioid um, solutions coming from the Native American culture, but we're going to get into that a little bit later. But right now, a uh, quick question for everyone around the horn. And uh, what? So, like, say you're a fighter or a professional uh, baseball player. You're going to the ring or you're going up to bat. What's your walk-up music? Walkthrough by Rich Homie Kwan. Rich Homie Kwan? Yeah. Walkthrough? Yeah. I don't, I've never heard it. How's, never. how's the beat go? It's a good one, yeah. <laughs> We'll play a little snippet. Yeah, just a little tiny snippet. Mmm, yeah. Mmm, yeah. it goes like. Mm. Hold on, let me find that guy. Boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats. Throw, look at a. I'll find it. You can go on to the other. Wicky, wicky, wicky. Okay. So as. Okay, yeah, we'll go to the next one. Boys in the Hood by Easy E. Boys in the Hood by Easy E. Why? Why? Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask him that, but I forget. We'll come back around. Because the boys in the hood are always hard. <laughs> exactly. That's right? Okay. Yeah. So would it be like for, like, would you, are you? Would, wrestler. Wrestler? Wrestler. Like grappling? Yeah. Oh, like, like WWE? WWE. So okay, okay. So what's your wrestling name then? Stumbling oh. Bear. Stumbling, Stumbling Bear. Bear. Ah, ooh. I knew him. He was good. Would you wear like a... Uh, would you wear some regalia? <laughs> <laughs> Full body leotard with uh, fur attached to it. <laughs> like I had mange or something. <laughs> <laughs> like some of your fur fell out? <laughs> yeah. He's crazy. He has mange. Don't go around him. <laughs> that crazy bear. Geeks. <laughs> Stumbling bear with Stumbling. the mange. Uh, you can tell he's from the res because he has mange. <laughs> you can tell that I put some thought into it too because I, right. <laughs> I'd pay to see that. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I like that. That just gets me hype. So, like, why did why would that song? Aside I don't know, from getting you hype, it's just one of those songs that kind of make you feel yourself. Like, you know what I mean? Like, kind of uh, like build your. So, like, you're jamming to it as you're getting ready? Yeah, like, like kind of yeah, makes you feel good. I'm going to wear the shit out of this shirt today. Yeah, this shirt going to look good on me today. No, for real, though. Just kind of like, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. No, Positive self like that's, that's what it is, man. Yeah. That's what it's got to be. Um, 
Anything else you want to talk about that song? Not really. So, it's just one of those songs that you that I put on, and every time I put it on, it kind of makes me feel good. Right on. So yeah. would it be for like, are you a wrestler? Are you a fighter? Or are you baseball? Like walk up music. Man, it can go for either or. I know, but in well, your mind, I, in my mind, are you walking to the plate? Or are you walking to the ring? Or the walking octagon? to the ring? You're walking to the yeah. ring like a boxer. Yeah. All right, Dom. So would it be Randy? Like what? with my backs to the wall, and I'm not coming out of the corner. Like you're not going to get in the back of me. I'm going to knock you out before you get to me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Have you thought that makes sense. Your nickname for the ring, our dog. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I <laughs> Randy, our dog. I don't walk. know what sounds. Oh, okay. No, I'm just wondering. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what my name would be, my fighting name. No. Yeah, I guess I never even gotten that far with it. But yeah. This guy has. <laughs> no bears. He came prepared. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Wearing a bear suit. I so kill bears mean, for fun. Mean your hey, bear I kill bears for fun. Craig Stumbling Bear Tony. And then he's just like, the what boys is bear regalia? Always hard. And Doing you, a native bear dance down the ramp. And then that Too bear's easy. jaws are really going like this up on top of his head. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy, what's wrong with his fur? Would you have the claws? I like the bear paws. I would have the bear paws, yo. Like gloves? Yep. Oh, bear yeah. paw necklace. Then like the <laughs> bear paw slippers. Oh, oh yeah, that'd be awesome. With the claws still on there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you guys man. got pictures. This guy's like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, <laughs> just slightly under 6'4". Okay, so yeah. Yeah, that's 6'4". 6'4", just wrestler, big old grizzly bear coming down. Stumbling bear coming to the ring. That'd be cool. Right, would, would you paint your face? Or do you wear shades? I would make it look like I had a scratch across my face. Hey, oh, nice. Kind of tights would you wear? The shorts or the leggings? Full, oh. full body. Oh, full say? body leotard? Yeah. Oh, okay, with the one strap like Andre the Giant? He <laughs> said <laughs> like the full one. He said it pieces of hair, so it looks like he has mange. Oh, wow. <laughs> that way they know he's from the res. Real rugged. He means business. <laughs> There's something uh, wrong with that guy. We better not go in there with him. <laughs> that mange is a war patch. We better lose. <laughs> this guy's going to mange. It's a war patch. <laughs> That's All right. a battle wound. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> How those mange patches? <laughs> I know for your favorite Indian, it's going to be MLB. He's going to be a baseball player. So what's the song, though? For Whom the Bell Tolls by Metallica. Mm. Watch out like this with his bat pointing to home run. Yep. Yeah. Calm shots. Yeah. Right on. Would you like, how would you walk up to the base? Like, would you be strutting, dancing, or are you just going to? I just have this calm, almost psychotic, you know, like. Cool like those, demeanor. Yeah. Like this, just no emotion. Smile. No emotion at all. Mm. Cause that's probably the scariest thing. Oh, yeah. You just look calm. There's this rock music playing. Then when they, uh, no, when they, when it, because when it first starts out, remember, it has those bells. Yeah. yeah. Dung. Then I come out of the dugout, and by the time they hear that, it's like, oh, man. Would you have braids? I would, mm, I'd have some French braids, like, uh, <laughs> French braids. Like, uh, cornrows. Okay. Okay. One okay. little strand of braid hanging out right here in your hat. No, I'd, I'd have one of those ones that hang out the side. Yeah, like that, yeah. like you said, yeah. 
Right on. Would you be playing for the Boston Red Sox? <clears throat> of course, I would be Fenway all day, baby. Or the Billings Mustangs. Would you keep the same song <laughs> if they traded you to the Yankees? If they traded me to the Yankees, I would play Fade to Black because then I would quit. And you retire. I would retire, yeah. <laughs> You're like, screw this. I'm going home. Mm-hmm. I'd have a no trade clause first of all, <laughs> especially to the, to the Yankees. Yankees. Yeah, yeah, especially to that team. Yeah. No trade clause, and then asterisk, especially to the Yankees. Especially because I, yeah, I'll quit before I do that. Yep. <clears throat> right on, right on. All right, let's moving right along. Um, Just kidding. What about you? <laughs> <I know. laughs> no, so I was thinking about. I thought of this because I was cruising and uh, I was blasting Fuji's and like killing me softly. I was like, man, this would be cool. Like. Go to the ring to this, and then yeah. like when she's hitting. So what sport? Hold on, I mean. Oh, finish. okay. Sorry, sorry. So that part when remember when, like she just starts hitting those notes. Yeah, and she's just singing real loud. Like, time it. So then, like right. So I'd be coming to the ring, like the octagon or the boxing ring at the climax. Yeah, like I'd be getting in the ring, and then she's hitting them notes, and then I'm just like shadow boxing. <laughs> real fast. <laughs> yeah, real fast. And she's going. Whoa! She's hitting them notes. Oh yeah, I thought that would be cool. As I just pictured that in my mind. So, what would be your fighting nickname? Hmm, the Manhandler. <laughs> the Manhandler. The Manhandler. The Fan Manhandler. <laughs> the Manhandler. I like that. Decide the Manhandler hugs. <laughs> Sounds rough. That sounds more like a wrestling name. So I might have to switch over to wrestling. Sounds like a serial killer. Like, here comes the manhandler. <laughs> you sound like you want a manhandle me. <laughs> Sounds like oh. a notorious criminal. <laughs> you want a manhandle? <laughs> watch out. He'll manhandle you. Everybody fears his manhandle. <laughs> For all your manhandling needs. <laughs> <laughs> oh man Yeah so that Killing Me Softly man Just that Lauren Hill That beat It's like a real simple beat But yeah when she's hitting them notes Be cool Like step into the ring And then she hits them notes Start shadow boxing So you got the So I know a lot of oh, Excuse me A lot of fighters have like Like they dress up sometimes too Oh yeah, yeah. So would you do something like that Like Maybe a robe, or would you just go straight up towel over your head like uh, Mike Tyson? No, I like those. Um, like, I have the, the robe, with the sleeveless robes with the big old hoodie. And the hoodie's, like, draping over their face. So kind of like the Mexican? Yeah, Look yeah. like the Grim Reaper? Yeah, they're just, they're just bouncing, coming into the ring. Like those horse blanket? Cool. Like those horse blanket jackets? No, no, like a, like a shiny one. Like a shiny one, like a red one with oh, yeah. gold trim. Yeah. Hell, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yvonne Drago colors. Yeah. Because Russia was red and yellow, remember? Yeah. Rocky yeah. won, remember? He yeah. came in like that. He had the red robe. Yeah. I was just watching it before I came, <laughs> so I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, Ivan Drago, though. I will break you. If he dies, he, he dies. dies. He dies, he dies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool, cool, cool. Moving right along. Um... So we're going to do the story time. Go around the horn, four sacred times, one sentence each, one to two, three, four sentences, whatever. 
however the spirit moves you. Um, we'll do mm. this icebreaker. Uh, let me see. A premise. Anybody? We'll let our guest come up with a premise. Okay, yeah. Go ahead. Go for it, Chester. Oh, jeez. I wasn't even trying to think of anything. <laughs> I want to know if you're looking at Batman's sticker. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there we go, man. We're in the Batcave. What else? Kinky. We're in the Batcave, and it's... We're Robin. And we're trying to decide what to get for lunch. So we're in the Batcave. We're Robin. We're thinking about lunch. All right, that's cool. Did you hear that, Randy? Yeah, we're Bat... We're Batman, Robin... Or we're in a bat cave and we're looking for lunch. Yeah, we're Some, this guy got a new toy today and he's over here messing around. With I it. know, Somebody man. Take that I'm away sorry. Here, here, I'll put it away. <laughs> Somebody needs to take his but new yeah, toy we're away. Batman. No, we're in a bat cave. We're Robin, <laughs> you don't even know. and we're looking for lunch. Okay. We're thinking about lunch. What to have for lunch? Okay. All right, go. I wonder where Batman's at. <laughs> Riddle me this. I wonder what's for lunch. Hmm. It could be anything from fry bread to boiled meat. Hmm. I wonder where Alfred is. He was talking to that auntie earlier. I wonder if Alfred ever had a fry bread burrito. Now I want a fry bread burrito. Where's <laughs> Alfred? Damn it, Alfred. Leave her alone. We need fry bread burritos. Where? Watch it, Alfred. She gives those jaguar hickeys. Make me a bologna sandwich. Oh, yeah, I've learned from those cougars. <laughs> Wonder Woman's a cougar. I should hit her up. <laughs> That's because she's like 150 years old. I know, she's older than shit. Wow. I wonder what kind of recipes she has. <laughs> Now that made me think of Chitara. Oh, yeah, her. She makes the best burritos. <laughs> she makes them with a love. I wonder where she's at. Probably sitting in there with her leopard print, just looking all sexy. So I better put on my leopard print to match. But I forgot I sent it off to dry cleaners. Where's my bologna sandwich? Because I was all swassy from the heat all week. (laughs) 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 Okay. 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 All right. That was good. That was good. That's the longest we ever went. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Guys are getting better. They're getting gooder. <laughs> Never mind. I can uh, see that's hey, why no. I got to keep. Man, I got that. hungry off of that dough. I did. I'm hungry too. What now. the hell is a fry bread burrito? And I want one right I now. I don't know. I don't know, but see, that's your next creation, bro. Yeah, fry bread burrito. Oh yeah. I think it's like a Paco, but ah uh, yeah. I'll take ten percent off of whoever comes up with that this summer. So it's kind of more like sounds okay. Fry bread burrito, like a like a fried chimichanga or something. Yeah. 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 Like an empanada with meat and stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Our chimichangas are fried burritos, yeah. basically. They are. Yeah. Can you hand me one of those tokens, a piece tea? Hey, speaking Roundhouse. of... Man, now, I, now I'm hungry. <laughs> I know. 
I didn't think so, but I am. I know. My stomach just started going. <laughs> growling like, what's your name? Yeah, what's her name? Sister. <laughs> Did you guys not know who Chitara was? She's that one, the bad guy on the new one, the yeah. newer one, right? Yeah. On the new Batman? Yeah. It took me a second. I had to think about it, and I'm like, where did I hear that? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's the, yeah, then the leopard lady. The leopard lady. Mm-hmm. She spreads leprosy. <laughs> She's strong. She so can toss thoughtful. Me around. Spreads leprosy in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something, but it wasn't PG-13. Because this is a family show. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> now you know why I'm quiet a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. How you guys feel warmed up? You feeling warmed up there, Chester? Absolutely. Yep. All right, cool. Feeling good there, Stumbling Bear? Stumbling Bear. Always. Oh. <laughs> All right, cool, man. So let's do this. DJ, if you're ready, why don't you hit me with that Ayo, let's get into our topic. Ayo, let's get into our topic. Blame it all on my roots. I showed up in boots and ruined black tie fair. Last one to show I was the last one who you thought you'd see there. Uh Oh, we are getting better. I know, we sounded real country. Sounded real country. All in harmony. Yeah, deep down in my heart I'm country, but I'm not tuck my t-shirt into my jeans country. Yes. Yep. Mm. Uh Oh, so today... This evening, episode 144, we're going to talk about this article out of Native News Online. And it's called, People Don't Have Time to Grieve, Tribal Nations Turn to Harm Reduction and Battle Against Opioids. And this article was by Elise Wild and posted on May 21st, 2023. And as always, you guys know what we're going to do here. I'll read a few and then... Um, I sent this out yesterday, so we'll talk about this opening few paragraphs, and then we'll talk about that, have a discussion, and then whatever, like, you guys want to go from the article, because I know Randy had some spots that he wanted to hit up and really discuss, but, so yeah, we'll do that, and then we'll just let it do what it do. So, here we go, open up, I'll read this opening, it's pretty sad, but here we go. A group of children from the Paula Band of... Mission Indians was walking home from school in 2016 when they found a plastic bag holding 100 bright blue pills. The kids tossed the bag back and forth as they walked to the tribe's youth center where they turned it into staff. The staff at the youth center quickly called law enforcement who informed them that the pills were fentanyl, a highly potential synthetic opioid 50 times stronger than heroin and 100 times stronger than morphine. That same 16, that same year, 16 youth from the Paula Band of Mission Indians died of opioid overdose from, <clears throat> from the California tribe, which has a population of about 1,000. The losses were devastating, were a devastating sign that the opioid epidemic had gained footing in their community. They were all family members, cousins, relatives. It was a big eye-opener. 
Paula Band mem- Chairman Robert Smith, who lost two young cousins to opioid overdose, told Native News Online. <clears throat> and I'll stop there. Is that opening paragraph, when I first read that the other day, I was just like, oh, man, I was just like grief stricken. I was like, dang, man, it's like little kids. I mean, those little kids are just like throwing, tossing that bag back and forth. Like, I grew up doing stupid, like, stuff like that. You know, just like finding things and like picking them up, putting them in my pocket. I mean, that's just like, that's just being a kid. Yeah. You know, you're on about running around with the friends. You find something, you're like, oh, what is this? Play with it or whatever. Um, and just that innocence of that. And then how strong that drug is, where they, if they opened it and started handling it, and they all would overdose right there. Yep. And I was just like, dang. But I just want to get some feedback on that opening piece from all you guys. <clears throat> yeah, that's, I mean, I'm still trying to process all that because, damn, bro, that like that could have went really, really bad. I mean, when you think about it, like, what if one of them said, oh, this is what my brother does or, you know, so and such and such. Let's try one. Yeah. You know, because I've done shit like that. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, That's I've, what I mean. Like, I, I've, yeah. seen, I've seen people drink beer. Let's drink this beer. But this is something like on a whole different other level. Yeah. Like, like dead level. Like you're already gambling, but it's even higher with the fentanyl. Yeah. 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 So and I and, and that's what I'm thinking about, too, is like and it just takes one small suggestion i think and then you know the way we get like when we're in a group like oh all right then i'll try if you try it all right let's all do it and then pretty soon they're all popping pills and challenging each other yeah it's just crazy man like yeah it could have went like a totally different direction and i i just kind of you know i guess i got to be grateful for the fact that they did you know manage to get it turned in and you know nobody was hurt by those pills like i well, I figure every one of those things that we can get off the street, get out of people's hands is the best, you know, the better, the the best thing we can do. But still, like the thought that 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 could happen and it probably <clears throat> like I'm I'm thinking like that kind of access to that shit is probably more prevalent than we realize. <clears throat> Sorry, yeah. my, my, my voice is kind of cracking up today. But so, yeah, like. Man, like, the, the, you think about it, like, the kids in the homes or, you know, like, yeah, just walking around their communities and finding that shit on the ground. Yeah. Like like a little kid, like a little baby kid. What if a little, like, toddler or whatever found that? Thought it was, like, you know, looks like candy. Yeah, I thought it was snacks or something. Snacks, yeah. or yeah. A hundred bright blue pills. It's yeah. just, man, that's, that's uh, yeah. I'm still Scary. Trying to, still trying to process all that, man. That's crazy. And when it comes to fentanyl, you don't even need to pop the pill. If you could get some of that residue dust on you yeah, and yeah. you're sweating, that's it right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, <clears throat> it's a like, very lucky thing that they didn't open it. Yeah. And start handling those pills. Hey. 16 of them died. Like, from a. <clears throat> the thing that keeps hitting me is like, you only got 1,000 band members and 16 of your youth died, dude. That's like 0.06%, I believe, is it? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, 16 goes into 1,062 times, so what would that percentage be? Like point zero one six. Yeah. But still, that's a lot. That's still, that's a lot, like, compared to that percentage yeah. of 1,000 1, members, right? Like, mm-hmm. say, 
It says 62.5, but I'm wondering where that decimal point goes. Oh, okay. It's probably, it's got to go to the front. Yeah, so it'll go, it'll go like two. Yeah, two. Yeah. Either way. Either yeah, way, man. It's, uh, yeah, it's very sad. And um, I know around here there's stories of, you know, youth smoking weed that they got off the streets and they're ov- overdosing because there's fentanyl on it. Yeah. And it's just like, dang, scary. I mean, especially for me when I think about it, like, you know, I got a teenager now and man, I'm in his ear about drugs. You know, it's just like telling him the truth. You know, it's like, hey, don't even try because I know at this stage, you know, there's a lot of, well, when we were coming up, that's when our our peers started partying, started using drugs, started drinking. Um, <clears throat> I know that's when I started experimenting. What grade is he in? Be a freshman, man. That's a yeah. That's that's a crazy time. Yeah, trying to you know not really. I don't know, but you have a good influence, and you know, like it's different because like you're there and you're in this. Like I don't know, but like I know, man. That's a big part of our struggle as Native people is, especially in freshman. Like you're trying to find yourself, like find who you really are, find your your connection to the crew of people that you're with, and a lot of times we connect through our brokenness. Through that. True that you know, that. like we like hang out with each other because we're both broken in similar places. Yeah, like I don't know, man. It, it's scary, man. It, it, it's definitely a scary time, especially for our youth. Mm-hmm. Definitely is. And then the article goes on about um, how they, you know, kind of like like what G what G is trying to do is put up vending machines, and these vending machines are pretty cool because like you come up to it, you have to have a phone though. You scan the QR code, and then it dispenses some Narcan to you. And then lock zone. Yeah. <clears throat> it says uh, the machines are situated at Tribes Fire Station. Um, there's 100 <laughs> vending slots, and then there's a picture of the guy there. And it's proven, and I think, what is it? This lady, the Paula Ben. Wait, hold on. There's the lady. Ah, I had it under here. Oh, well, let's skip over to this part. <clears throat> um, so more than 103,000 American died, Americans died in opioid-related incidents in 2022, according to the Center of Disease Control and Prevention. That's up more than 200% since 2000, according to the CDC data. While Americans are of all races and ethnicities begin been affected, the... <clears throat> Proliferation of opioid deaths has disproportionately affected black, indigenous, and people of color communities, especially indigenous people. In 2020, Native Americans' opioid mortality increased 39% over the prior year, the second highest rate of increase behind African Americans, according to the CDC. Uh, generational trauma and barriers to healthcare access rooted in Geographic isolations have left tribal nations reeling under the weight of opioid <clears throat> abuse. The Indian Health Service reports that indigenous peoples experience higher rates of post-traumatic stress disorder, which is a predominant in opioid dependence. So a lot of it is lack of coping skills and self-medication. because They got the PTSD. Now, I didn't realize that I was suffering from PTSD just due to, like, the trauma that I experienced. And I didn't even know it was trauma 
I just thought it was regular because, like you said, the homies, the people who are growing up with, they're all experiencing the same thing. You know, fights, arguments, things being thrown at and stuff, you know, at home. Like, that's not normal, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know? Like, when I got mad when I was a kid, man, I used to, like, grab knives and, like, chase whoever I was mad at. <laughs> that sounds you know? about right. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, but, like, to me, that would, I knew, then I found out that wasn't, like, like they got, got after me and blah, blah, blah. And so then, like, I had to learn that that wasn't, like, what you do. Yeah. You know? Um, so, anyway, just open up to you guys. As far as, you know, the PTSD, self-medication from the article, and then, like, your guys' like opinion or whatever on like seeing that the opioids people are turning to opioids. No, I think that I think you're actually, uh, absolutely spot on. I think um, like when you say like that's not normal because a lot of what we see growing up as youth on the reservation it is normal to us. Yeah, yeah. and the thing that sticks out to me is that it, it's in the black communities and the native communities where uh, you have the record high numbers, and it's like man, it, it's it's devastating, no. to be honest, because, like, I'm, I'm like you. The reason why I laughed when you go, man, I used to chase people with knives is because I remember, like, standing in the living room and throwing a freaking can of, uh, was it, oh, no, it's a scissors at my brother. Yeah. And it freaking, like, stuck him right in the chest and it oh. stayed there. Um, chasing people with knives, like, bro, like, I remember, like, they used to get me mad because I'd get so pissed off and i pick things up and I would chase. Yeah. Like you know what I mean, like dog. I'd like be, the older kids, yeah, the they older used to kids. Do that to yeah, me too, man. They freaking, they thought it was funny until I started catching them. You know, yeah. And uh, when I look back on it now, like bro, like I would flip out if I seen my my daughter or any of her cousins doing anything like that, bro. Like I would, man, I would probably spank her. Yeah, I'd be like, what the heck is going on? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, those aren't. That's not normal, man. There are ways, like, like they're normal things, like. What I feel like is like talking to a counselor, finding somebody that we can trust. Maybe even if, even if it's not us, even if we're older, becoming that person that we needed at their age, I think is important, man. Yeah, that's why. Mm-hmm. Like I find it like, man, any anytime there's a young man or a young uh, a younger individual that needs some type of encouragement, I try to speak good words to them because yeah. they they may not get that at home. Mm-hmm. You know, like I didn't like me and one of my friends were this week. We're talking about one of our coaches as a child, like when he stayed with us. And we look back like, dang, like that wasn't even normal behavior, you know. Yeah. But to us, we didn't know no better. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't nothing like it, was, it wasn't nothing like this going on. But we we're like, man, like he was operating, even though he was an adult, was still operating as a child. You know, in the way that he handled us as his, like as the people that he's coaching in new sports, um, bro, those those things are normal, man. Like we have to teach our youth to reach out. We have to teach our youth to open up their mouth. We have to teach our youth to freaking say something. It's like, man, the part of this thing is like, man, them kids turn that in. What if they didn't turn it in? Yeah, that's the scarier question because. There's a hundred pills in there. That could be a hundred lives that are lost. Like that's how real this discussion is. Yeah. Yep. Um, like I read something on social media last week here in town. This lady came out with a dollar bill, like stuck under her windshield wiper, 
And at the time, I thought she was kind of overreacting. But when I think about it, I don't think she was. Because that's how real it is, especially for those of us that aren't into opioids. Yeah. Our um, tolerance level is probably real small. And so we touch any of that stuff, bro. Like, we're gone. Yeah. Man. It is crazy. And it really brings up, like, the... um that harm reduction for me, like I was like, okay, people are on this and it's not going to stop. And that's kind of, they talk about this in the article and like how important the naloxone Narcan is. And in this article, they talk about it's reversing up to 90%, 93% of overdoses. Yep. And they talk about, we're trying to prevent, um, we're trying to be preventative out here because we have lost so many lives says we are not going to stop it, the opioid use, but we have to do something for prevention to save people's lives. <clears throat> and that's why, like, I don't know, like, that Narcan is so, we need to have it out there. Like, kind of like what G was talking about, we have it, we need to get it out there more and more. And I find, like, I, after I read this, I finally seen, like, the importance of it. Like, what you said, that lady, initially, she seen that $100 bill or dollar bill, whatever it was in her windshield wiper, and I kind of felt the same way. I was like, oh, she's overreacting. Oh, man, she's overdoing it. But then yeah. we're not in that world, so we don't understand, like, the gravity of it, like, the, how big it is. And we need to really get that Narcan out there. Yes. Everybody, like, almost everybody should be carrying it. Narcan, <clears throat> but, um, Narcan should be as relatively available just like how fentanyl is. Yes. Yeah. You can find fentanyl you, any. Go around here, even though we're right next to a cop shop. Oh, Ten yeah. bucks, we can find somebody that has access and can get it down to us in the snap of a finger. Oh, for yeah. sure, man. And I have a couple boxes of Narcan in my car, mm-hmm. yeah, just in case. Yeah, I thought you were going to say, I got some fentanyl in my car <laughs> right now. <laughs> no, I, no, I agree with you because, I mean, we all, in our addiction, dabbled in that world where whatever street drug we wanted, we could get, mm-hmm. you know, just a phone call or a text. Yep. So I definitely believe that, even though that cop shop's right there, sheriff's right there across the street, you got some clubs and some bars on the next block over, you just got to go over there. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Head over there, put out the word, boom, someone's going to hit you up. Oh, I heard you searching. You yep. searching? Find that car, find the people that's sitting in their car outside the bar. Yep. That's usually who the people who have it. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because there used to be this car that would come from out of town. And that was before they closed down these areas downtown. But they would come and pull up in the Burger King parking lot. Dog, everybody on the street would come. Yep. And they'd just hang out with that car for about five, ten minutes. And then they'd dip out. But it was like that consistently for about a month or two. You know, every time this car, this certain car would come and pull up, man, everybody would flock to it. And it was either in the Burger King parking lot or Denny's parking lot. Happened over at um, the Labor Temple, too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So they come pull up, man. You got about four people in there, all adults. Um, and I think that's where they get their stuff done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that. I know that a lot of this stuff is shutting down here downtown, but... I mean, a lot of, like, bad stuff was happening there, too. Yeah. You know, even when I was out here working on the streets, there was, like, these older uh, white male individuals coming downtown and picking up the street folks 
and like putting them up for a couple of days and then like in exchange for like sex and stuff yeah. and like taking care of them, giving them money and like letting them shower, buying them stuff. And then they come back downtown and drop them off and they'd be all, you know, fresh gear. Yeah. And the cops knew about that. And um, hopefully they put an end to that. But that was happening regularly down here yeah. where it's all fenced off and stuff. Yeah. Where things are shut down. <clears throat> Another thing that these uh, dealers would do that uh, I became aware of was that they would come down here because a lot of these street folks, they got um, like social security checks or disability checks coming yeah. in on the first. But these drug dealers, so like they'll come down like on the 27th, 28th and give them some free stuff, whatever. Yeah. Coke or some meth. They give them free stuff and they're like, come see me on the first. Yeah. And so they do. So um, were you guys at the drug symposium? Uh, that was here like a month ago. Uh-uh. Mm. So it was held by the sheriffs, um, some DEA agents and whatnot. Yeah. And they were talking about how the cartel, they have the mentality of they know the people who want it. Yeah. Mm. It's like the reservations, the ghettos, because they know that they will self-medicate and they're trying mm. to escape from reality, so that's who they target. And now that the cartel... Um, they don't get their ingredients to make their fentanyl from China anymore. They learn how to make those ingredients down there. Okay. So that's why it's becoming more relatively available up here is because they cut out the middleman. They're making it down here, there, and they're shipping it up here in large quantities mm-hmm. for dirt cheap. Oh, yeah. It's crazy because there was a discussion last year like that you mentioned, and there's places like Chicago where they don't allow meth in the city the gangs don't yeah mm. the gangs don't allow meth in the city because they don't know who their target audience is with meth dang but you switch that here and the and the thing with meth is like everybody's doing you don't even know like your doctor could be doing it but now i think it's 90 about 80 to 90 percent of the meth on the street is tainted by fentanyl oh yeah it's because the cartel they're mixing it with it because yes. they know it will make them start hurting faster and want them to get more meth yeah. because they don't know that it's laced. And what they're figuring out is because the cartel, they make both the meth and the fentanyl. And they're real, realizing that the fentanyl cells are going extremely up. The meth cells are going down. down. How to even that out? Put some fentanyl in it. More people will buy more meth. And that's how they're trying to even it out. That's what that's that's the thing is like there's a cap on that, like that feeling of being high, right? Like yeah. you feel like what I'm here is like you get to a certain point and you can't get past it. And I've even heard from people who are using actively saying it doesn't even get me high, and I don't know why, but I feel drawn to it. And it's the fentanyl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and another thing is, like, man, like, when we see these people coming in, like, man, these, these gangbangers, rather than welcoming them in and giving them a place to stay, we got to call it for what it is and get them out of there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because I'm reminded of, of, of a certain thing when I was out there actively, like, I seen somebody come in and everybody wanted to hang out with them. Hmm. You know, especially as natives, too, we, we take that, oh, they look like us and then we welcome them in. And the whole time they're poisoning our communities. Yep. You know, like, and, and but us, 
our nature, especially as natives, we want to include people, and then crows too. We want to adopt people. You know what I mean? And it's yeah, it freaking it's killing our people. Like we pull, like I'm thinking of one certain thing is like pulling them in, welcoming them in in the community, and the whole time everybody's getting addicted. Yeah, they mm-hmm. actually mentioned it in one of their talks is how they'll come up and start dating our women. Yeah. Then we welcome into their family. And once they build a relationship, that's when they'll start pulling in people to start yeah. selling for them. Yeah. They do that relationship. And, and, man, I don't know. Like, that's where, man, we got to get that. Like, we, we have to stop it. It's really up to us to, to put a stop to that in our communities. Uh, first of all, men like us being vocal about what's going on, yep. making uh, the Narcan more available in these communities and just also spreading the word, especially with our youth, like, hey, letting them know, like, man, there's nothing that you're going through that's so bad that we can't handle it. True that. And I like, <clears throat> I think a couple years ago, I was seeing a lot of posts about everybody knows who the dealers are. Everybody knows who's bringing in. How come nobody's saying anything about blah, blah, blah. Uh, I kept seeing those posts. Then I don't know if anything really happened or came of it, but I thought that was good. Like, okay. Yeah. Kind of like along the same lines as you're saying, we need to just start, you know, that it takes a village type of mentality that we're in this together. We need to start policing our community together. Um, As we all know, on the reservation, our reservation, like there may be like two or three officers on duty at any given time, but they're spread out. Yeah. And like how many acres is our, like 6 million acres? Yeah. Something is our like whole like f- reservation. So like to go from police headquarters in Crow Agency to go all to our, to my district, that's 80 miles. Yeah. One way. And so when they call the police, need the police out there, it takes like two hours at least yep. for them to get out there to the call and, Man, if somebody's pissed off and has a gun, <laughs> they'll kill everybody before the police even get there. Yeah. You know? And even, like, man, usually the person that is distributing all this dope is usually the person that's sober. Like, that's, like, they're never drunk. They mm. may drink a little bit, but they're not drunk. And they're never high off the dope. Mm. They may smoke weed. Yeah. But that's about it. Like, you know what I mean? They yeah. keep in control of themselves. They don't touch the thing. Yeah. They don't touch the dope. Mm. But they get us strung out, and then they head out. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, <laughs> that you guys said a lot. But the first of all, man, they it's we think it's normal because we normalized it, right? Like we know it now. We know it's not normal. We didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know what the causes of it when we were younger. And I was just thinking about this the other night. Like, I mean, when I was younger, I saw people smoke weed, getting drunk, and I just thought, you know, it wasn't a big thing. I just thought, that's what that person does. And then there's other people that don't do that, and then Mm. that was it. Yeah. Right? Like, and then, you know, you hear all these things like, oh, don't do that. Don't drink. Don't, you know, don't smoke weed. Don't do drugs. But at the same time, it's like, okay, well, this person does that. This person doesn't. Okay, whatever. You know, didn't really even put much too too much thought into it. And that kind of goes along the lines of, um, we know, we know. Like if a, if a if a car that you've never seen, somebody gets a brand new car and it rolls into town in these small communities like that on the res, everybody knows that it's brand new car. Everybody says that hasn't been here before. Who is that? Whose car is it? Where are they going? Who's in there? They know. 
They know what's going on. But, and and, and that goes with everything. Like, I mean, <laughs> the way, like, we just know, like, if somebody that is not from the community just shows up into the community or, you know, certain things are happening, everybody knows it. Like, yep. you can't deny that. There's no denying that because I grew up on the res, man. I know how shit works out there. Yep. I know exactly how it goes. Mm-hmm. So to say that, oh, we don't know, um, is kind of, yeah, you, you might as well stop that shit at the door. But at the same time, it's like we have a tendency to push things under the rug. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, okay, that's not affecting me. It might be right next door. But it's not affecting me. But yet it is. And we have to get over that too. Like there's shame. There's 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 like this embarrassment. Like, oh man, we don't want to be, you know, the drunken Indians and all this and that and whatever. So, you know, we just won't talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the more we talk about it, the more we say things like that, the more we speak out, the more we have other people speak out all over the community. Say, hey man, if you fuck with that shit, you're going to die. Yep. Yep. If you do that, you're going to die. Yeah, And then, you know, I mean, maybe these kids that found that bag, maybe they were like, okay, you know, my, my, my grandma said that if we mess with these pills, we'll, we'll, something bad's going to happen. So they took it and yeah. they turned it in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like something made them turn it in. Yep. Yeah. Like we don't, like we were talking earlier, like, okay, so we find something on the ground. Like the first time I remember I ever really got um, like that real... I don't want to say magical effect from alcohol, but for me at the time, that's what it was. Yep. I found that booze at the playground. Yeah. Mm. I found it when I was like 11. Yeah. And we drank it. So like that kind of thing, um, you know, we, we, we have to, we have to, you know, talk about it. We have to get this shit out there. Like, what do you say when we say things, we get it out in the open and we see it for what it really is. Yep. So we have to say it. We have to encourage other people to say it. Otherwise, we won't be able to stop it. Otherwise, these people will be, you know, continue to die. Get that Narcan in the hands. You know, try to advocate for more um, community-based, uh, like a community watch type deal. Yeah. But for some odd reason, there's this block there. Like, nobody wants to be a snitch. Nobody wants a lot to of narc. it is nobody not wants wanting to, to be snitches. Nobody yep. wants to, you know, get involved. Yeah. You know, and... If and I it, don't say nothing, it won't bother me. Yeah, and and, and the... And the real hard fact of that is, is it won't bother you until it affects some, you or somebody that you love. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes your business. But at the same time, the, that doesn't happen on an island. It doesn't happen overnight. It might, you know, for some people, like first time, boom, mm-hmm. you're gone. But, and that's scary too. But the fact of the matter is, is from what I've seen and I've experienced this, is that there's a progression for using doesn't matter what it is but there's that progression and we see it and then you know we don't say anything we don't do anything we don't you know we too i mean obviously we try right yeah like like i have had people in my family say hey you, you know you're, you're you're messing up but i don't think that's enough i mean we have to do we have to like you know take this for for what it is like randy already said it man we got to you be be serious about this, yep. Because yeah. these kids are dying, our families are, you know, our family members are dying. Mm. Um, and you know, you can you can take like this 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 bad area down here, the Burger King and the that old bank or whatever. You can take that, you can tear it down, you can build up a nice new building and whatever you want to. But that place is gonna move. 
Oh, yeah. The actual place of where they do yeah. their thing, mm-hmm. that'll just move. Yeah. So, you know, we're do, using Band-Aid solutions for something that needs to be cured from the inside out. Yep. Yep. And I think as Native people, we have to be able to help other Native people because the way that we've been doing things, something yeah. there's, there's, some, there's, a, there's a disconnect there. And we have to do something and we have to speak out. We have to, I mean, damn, bro, I, I can't really say it enough that, you know, mm. it's, it's, a, it's a fucked up thing and people are dying. True that. And I think you're right on point. Like, we just need more people, like, to stand up. Like, I seen that post. Okay, cool. Yeah, you're acknowledging that everybody knows who the dealer is or who's bringing this in. Or then let's go do something about it. Yeah. You know, I don't know what, I mean, what? What is that, though? What does that look like? Do we go, all go, go over there and jump them? No. I mean, no. You can, Drag them out of the you, town? There's people that those guys probably trust and say hey man send that person over there and tell them to stop doing that and tell them why they should stop doing that tell them that there's other options tell them you know anything i think that would be good but i think like for me where it starts is making our people aware right like letting like it starts in each one of our houses where we encourage our children and any other child that we come across like hey man whatever you're going through dope's not the answer blues aren't the answer Mm mm-hmm you know what I mean? Like letting your people know that you're there and available. Mm-hmm. I don't care what time of day it is. I'm here for you. Yeah. I don't care like what you're going through. If I can't help you, I will find somebody to come get you. That type of like deal. Because like I think like a lot of it is it's coming into our communities, but our connection to these people physically prevents us from opening up about them. Right? Mm-hmm. Like. Because of who they are and because of they're in our family, we sometimes don't want to. Don't want to rock the boat. Yeah. yeah. But, and, yeah. and at the same time, the thing with that approach, too, is like not to make ourselves like the enemy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I am here to condemn you. No, that's not the case. That's, I'm here to help you. I want yeah. you to be okay. I want you to survive. I want you to thrive. I don't, mm. I'm not here to you know, turn you in and make sure you get busted and you better go to jail, blah, 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 blah. No, man, I'm here to help you, like, to, to make ourselves not, because, like, if I, cause I'm thinking of it, like, from an, an addict standpoint. From an addict standpoint. Yeah. yeah. And if somebody came up to me, it doesn't matter who it is. If they came at me the wrong way, I, boy, I'll shut them out like that. Boom. Yeah. Like, A lot of it is just coming around preachy, too, like, right? Like, this yeah. younger generation. Uh, uh, but this is the thing is, like, this younger generation doesn't care how much you know until they know that you care for them. Mm. Like they have to know that you care for them and it has to be genuine dog. They're not fake. What they're looking for is a connection. Are you able to sit down and relate with this person? You know, because I think we get it wrong when we come in and we like, don't do this. Don't do that. It's like, no, bro. Like, let's. So like lately what I've been on has been trying to encourage all the youth that I'm connected to to start that business, to go out there and get that money in a legal way saying, hey, man, if you go become a, a barber at $30 a cut, you can make more money than your dope dealer. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like showing them legal ways to hustle, bro. Mm-hmm. Like Because you look at the black and the, and the native community and the Hispanic community, they're all the same. If, we, if Native Americans grew up in a city, we would be in a hood. Mm-hmm. If blacks grew up in the in the reservations of Montana in, in Montana, they would be on a reservation. 
You know, like if Hispanic, like you, you look at all this and it's attacking all of us. Mm-hmm. But we, ha- as men, especially men, we have to become those father figures that these people are looking for. Mm. Mentors, like I remember being young at 13 years old, like, man, I didn't want to like talk to grandpa because, you know what I mean? Because he's coming at me a certain way. But what I did identify with was the young guy at the YMCA. Yeah. The guy that took time to, to play ball with me. The guy that took time to teach me a few things, right? Like, yeah, that's where I found my connection. So when I think about it from that perspective, that's the type of person that I want to become in my community is be that person. Like, hey, man, that's Uncle Randy. Like, I know we, we like we're in a time in our community where we make fun of the term auntie and uncle. But if you think about it, bro, that so no child in our community will become chi- uh, fatherless or parentless. Yeah. But they have that connection. And I want to be that uncle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, saying, hey, man, go ask Uncle Randy, man. You know, he got your back. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when they do come, I want to have my door open and be like, man, like I understand what it means to be hurting. Mm. And this is where I went wrong. But we'll never be able to have that conversation if we come to them and tell me, don't ever do drugs. Don't do this. This does this. This does that. Like, man, we can't preach to them. We have to connect with them, create that relationship. So when things do get hard, they know who to reach out to. Yeah. Does that make sense? You have to plant that seeds of positivity. Yes. But the, and, and the flip side of that is if we don't connect with them in a positive way, they'll find that connection somewhere else. True that. I know I connected with my, the people who I looked up to, and we bonded with drugs. That's how I did my connection. Yes. Yeah. See, because yeah. and in, in my story, like, um, nobody growing up, like, they, they weren't, you know, drug users or anything like that. And some of them drank alcohol, but they were always, you know, um, uh, telling me, don't, don't do drugs, don't do drugs, don't do this, don't do that. But when I left the house, I left that behind. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then I go out with my peers, and then everybody's doing it. Everybody's trying it. That's yes. what, and that did, and like he, like you guys already said, that's how we connected. Yep. And we and we didn't know it at the time. We were bonding through that trauma. We were bonding through our um, brokenness, our, our brokenness, and mm. our situation in life, and the fact that there was nothing else to do. Trauma yeah. bonding. And, and so, like, I get that. Like, I I had all the love and support and care from my family, but. They couldn't compare it to the things that I was looking for outside of that. Like, you know, you, you know, we're, uh, Randy and you, Josiah were talking about um, being like freshmen and that kind of age, and you're trying to find yourself. Mm. And, and, and how do you do that? You want to be a, we're social animals, right? So we go out and we're hanging out with our peers and we see what they're doing. And they're, and they're uh, quote unquote okay with it, right? Like, yeah. Do what they're doing, and it seems fun, and you get that fear of missing out. That's something that I always had, and mm-hmm. so man, I got to do that too. I, in order for me to hang out with, you know, these guys, I got to do what they're doing. And they yep. say drinking is cool. They say using drugs is cool. They say fentanyl is cool. So man, I, all right, let me try it. Yep. And then boom, just like that, it, 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 there it goes. I mean, it, you're addicted. Yeah, yep. and it's always that, even if like. Like, oh, I don't want to try that. Then there's that peer pressure, too. Yeah. Within that group, like, oh, don't be a little hairs. Don't be a wuss. Yeah. Just, just hit it. Yeah. Just hit it. <laughs> you know and, what I mean? And, like, and, and it's, not, it's not even like, <laughs> it's not even like a, 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 like, with like a one-statement thing, man. You'll hear that 
all the time. And oh. They'll bring it up that Monday at school. Like, oh, this guy showed up and he wouldn't even drink or he wouldn't even use. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. We're and passing the blunt. This guy wouldn't even hit it. And then we everybody's that laughing blue. at you. And, like, yeah. oh, this guy. and then everybody joins in. Pretty soon everybody knows. And then you become like this outcast. A goody two-shoes. A goody yeah. two-shoes or whatever. Yep. And, f- man, that why, why is that a bad thing? I know. I mean, where did we, where in our line did that go from something that's positive to where, like, man, that's, that's a bad thing for yeah. our kids growing up? True. Even, like, yeah, for us growing up. And it was almost like being painted, oh, this guy's acting white, you know, and stuff like and that. See, and see, and then that's where that cycle, like, like you start acting like something that you're not, that you were, we as Native people were not designed to be, right? Yeah. We started mm-hmm. putting on this front, we start, and, and it just like runs the gamut, like, okay, I got to be aggressive. I got to be dominant. I got to be, you know, a party animal. I got to be this, I got to be that. And then you start pushing this persona of something that you're not, you know, that's not who we are. Yeah. You get and, lost. And, and, it, and it's, it's, it was like, it's a facade, right? Yep. And I, and I lived my life like that for a long time, basically being fucking fake. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, yep. and, and, and I, because I was always afraid and I still kind of, you know, uh, have some trust issues, but like, I was always afraid to be who I really truly was. And you guys know that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kind of a goofy person, and that's mm-hmm. okay. That like I didn't want people to see that because then they would make fun of me. Oh, this guy trying to act like you know, like whatever, whatever. Yeah. You can put any word you want in there, but but I I couldn't be my authentic self, and that like just compounds the problem that we're already facing. The things that are inside, the emotions and and, and the and the and that historical trauma and all that other shit. It just builds up and it just adds up and it just makes this big dirty snowball true that true that man i totally agree with that and could relate to everything that you're saying there on point because like man i did too like i got i put on this facade and i got lost because i was an identity crisis yeah yeah there it is that word i didn't i didn't know who i was yeah but then when i came to the red road then i was able to start learning who i was yeah you know what i'm saying but anyway, I wanted to turn and throw it over to um, Chester over here, Craig Doney. I know you kind of you got a story and kind of experience with some opioids there in your addiction. Can you go into that kind of talk about that and kind of go into that world, your experience? Yeah. So last, I think the first time I was here, I told my story and I left out that big part of my drug use is because it's not because I'm ashamed of it. It's just I guess I don't really relate it to my whole addiction. But the first time I ever touched any type of opioid is I think I was like 13. Mm. I found a, um, a pill bottle of one of my relatives that had a couple. It had, I believe, I want to say oxys. Uh-huh. And I popped one and I felt that warmness come over me. Mm. It relaxed my body and we were supposed to go meet out with some girls and go hang out at a football game. And I was like, yeah, I can do this. I'm yeah. out of self. Cause like we're talking about that identity crisis. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who I wanted to be, but I wanted to be someone else. So when I popped that pill, I'm, I was like, I can be the most badass person I can be right now yeah. without being ashamed. Mm. So, that's where it first started stemming. And then I tried to find more pills. 
And back then it was a little bit harder to find pills. So I adapted with something else. Mm -hmm. Um, First it was weed. Then it was cocaine. Mm -hmm. Then I remember the first time I tried fentanyl. I believe I was 16. This kid, um, he stole a box, no, three boxes of fentanyl patches from his dad. Mm. His dad just passed away from, uh, I guess he stole it from his mom. His dad just passed away from cancer. Mm. So they had this big old supply of fentanyl. He Dang. sold us a, a box a piece for 25 bucks. Wow. Dang. And the first time I had one of those, I slapped one on, passed out because those things are stronger than heck. And yeah. I woke up woozier than heck. Like, Ooh. I ripped that off. Like, I probably was close to death if I wow. didn't wake up right then. Dang. So, damn. this is where it starts getting rough. Um, so, my dad passed away from cancer. Mm. But the, uh, he had about four times in. The last little bit was bone cancer, and they put him on every um, painkiller out there. Wow. He was on hydros, morphine, Percocets. Uh, fentanyl, high, uh, like he had it all, mm. and at one point he stopped taking his pain medication, so that became basically my candy. Yeah, I was just going there and I would ask him, "Hey, can I have this?" Mm. And he would be like, "Yeah, just grab it out of the box." So I'd grab it, but I'd take a few extra for yeah. myself. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really notice. I didn't really talk even to. She was my um, girlfriend at the time. She later became my wife. She doesn't even really know this. That mm. I was popping um, two to three painkillers a day because it was just available to me. Yeah. Like, my dad even was on fentanyl patches, and that was available to, to me. Wow. Then he started needing money. I was used to selling, so I just started selling his pills for him. Mm. And it kind of, like, irks me because I know I sold it to some people who went and took it and sold it to the res, and I was poisoning our community. Mm. And now to think back, like, it didn't really even dawn to me until I started reading that article. I'm like, man, we want to stop these people from taking it um, and bringing that stuff to the res, but I was one of those at one point in time. I didn't really take it to the res, but I sold it to somebody who I knew was going to take it to the rest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like I stopped taking, Oh, um, once my alcoholism progressed to a certain point, I didn't really think about opioids anymore. Yeah. I just thought about alcohol. Oh yeah. For sure. But that didn't like my story from opiates doesn't stop there. I lost two of my friends that we trauma bonded together at a young age. Um, we started hanging out and doing drugs together when we were in middle school. Mm. And um, my buddy, Jesse, he passed away from a heroin overdose. Oh, man. And they, they're calling it a heroin overdose. I'm pretty sure it was a bad shot. I'm pretty sure he had some heroin with some fentanyl mixed in it. Oh, they yeah. didn't really do an autopsy because he was in um, Oregon at the time, and they just listed it as an overdose. Mm. But he started doing heroin when we were, like, 19. Wow. So saying that he did too much really doesn't sit well to me because you start shooting for a solid 10 years, 
you know how much to take. Oh, true. And for him to just take a point and be dead like that, I'm pretty sure it was a fentanyl overdose. Oh, man, that, <clears throat> that sounds exactly like that. I had a, a buddy, high school buddy of mine. He was in recovery. He was actually running like a sober living house down south, and he relapsed. And, like, same thing, his, his drug of choice was heroin, the H. And, like, two weeks into his relapse, he OD'd. Yeah. So now that you said that, I was like, man, that, that heroin must have been laced with some fentanyl. Had yep. to be. Had to be. And one of my buddies, um, Andrew, so last year he got, well, he's been struggling with addiction for a long time. He actually was the one who introduced me to the meeting on the cook meeting. Mm-hmm. And that's where I mainly go to AA meetings. But um, he's the one who went there because when he got out of treatment, that's where he went. And he kind of showed me that meeting when I was struggling. But... He was clean for hair, for heroin for about three years, and he moved down to Florida to work on the oil rigs down there. Mm-hmm. And one day, he went out to lunch with one of my buddy's dads. When he came back uh, from lunch, he decided to go swimming. My buddy's dad went to go take a nap. When he woke up, he found him face dead. I mean, face down, dead in the pool. Wow. Uh, overdose. Jeez. And... Um, Everybody thinks that he took too much, but once again, he was doing it for years. And yeah. fentanyl goes crazy down there. Wow. So, and it's, he actually passed away on my birthday last year. Damn. Dang. Like, we we used to text each other every day. Every, so, his birthday is November 7th. Mm-hmm. Mine's August 20th. I mm-hmm. always open my phone every, um, every birthday and see a text. Happy birthday. Love you, brother. Yeah. And... I was wondering why I didn't get the text, and I was about to reach out to him, and one of our buddies messaged me. He's like, did you hear about Andrew? Mm. And right when I heard that, I knew he was dead. Man. I'm sorry about that. There's some of my friends who still dabble in this stuff, and I just think about, when am I going to get that text? When am I going to get that text that they're gone too? Man. And I'm, I'm glad that my opioid use didn't get that bad, but I know for a fact that I'm the type of person when I like a drug mm-hmm. or like something, I can change drug choices instantly. Oh, so. Like, I love uppers, I love downers, I love booze, I love it all. Mm-hmm. I'm just an overall rounded addict. And mm-hmm. yeah. No, no, thank you for sharing that. And I think. What you shared there definitely highlighted, again, something we're always saying on the podcast here is that it's not a game. Definitely not a game. I mean, and I think about my own recovery. Like, I know for sure, I know for sure I got one more. I got another relapse in me, but I don't know if I got another recovery. I don't know if I can come back to the red road or get back up on the red road. That's the scary part, you know, and. I had a using dream the other night and scared the crap out of me because it was so vivid and so real, man. And just that old feeling of like the, the efforts. Yeah. Just like I was just like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'm drunk. Go for it. And I was just like, then I started thinking about all the podcasts. I started thinking about my family and started thinking about my kids. And then I was just like, ah, oh, fuck it. It came back. 
I mean, I mean, didn't come back. It was there. It was yeah. right there, like in that dream, and it was so vivid. And I was just like pounding drinks, and I was drunk in my dream. And then, like, I started running because then, like, people I knew were coming anyway. So then, like, I woke up and I was just so relieved. I was like, oh man, like the biggest relief. I just laid there in bed and I was just like, oh, thank you, God. That was just a dream. Thank you. Um, and then just to highlight that, you know, it's not a game, man. It's not a game. Like, we don't know what's out there, especially if you're getting those street drugs. You don't know what's out there. You don't know what you're getting. Yep. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Sorry about your friends. And, man, I'm glad your drug of choice is alcohol, too. <laughs> it's crazy that uh, I kind of remember you were talking about your father dying from cancer or whatever. Yeah. And I didn't hear that part, but did you have people coming in and asking for the for his meds? Yeah, um, a lot My, of a lot of people did. And when he needed money, that's that's like that's the first people I hit up. Yeah, when I was selling the medication. Because that, that happened to my dad, like when he died of cancer twenty two years ago. Man, I remember like he wasn't even dead two three hours. Damn. He already had crows. Hey, who knew he died? Like that know him personally that were at their door knocking asking for his meds. Dang. Doc, this is twenty two years ago. Yeah. And we think about it, like back then we acted like nothing was happening. We saw it. We we saw the addiction taking place twenty years ago. Yeah. Two opiates and meth. But when we act like it's not happening and we try to cover it with, you know, whatever. Like, we come to the point we're at today, where it's, the, it's so prevalent in our community that things are getting too scary. Yeah. You, when, you were talking about, when you were talking just now about, you know, your, your body just barely passing away and there's already people there. Yeah. Like, it's, like it brought up a memory, because I remember when I was first diagnosed with lupus. Yeah. And people heard that. Like, people I haven't even talked to in a long time would come up to me and say, what kind of meds do they give you for that? You got any? Right. They didn't say, oh, I hope you're okay, or, you know, oh, How man, are you dealing with that at all? No. What kind of meds do you get for that? And I, at the time, I didn't really think, you know, none. I, I don't get, you know, prednisone is a steroid, but but then listening to all this now, and, and I think, man, that's, <laughs> that's crazy, dude. Like, they up. weren't like, you know, hey, I hope you're okay. You I'm know, concerned I'm for you. I'm concerned for you. No, the first thing they said was, what kind of meds do you get for that? Let me get so, some meds. And I'm like, what? And, you know, and now it just kind of just hit me, now, that realization, like, man, it's just, it's so bad that we're, we, I mean, we are losing that, that, uh, that human part of ourselves. I oh, think, yeah. like, cause that, that addiction just, I mean, it does that anyway. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, we all know, like, you know, alcohol, meth, whatever, it doesn't matter, you know, that it'll take that human side away from you. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, I, uh, Man, I just just had that that sudden realization just now. For sure, and yes. I I've heard numerous stories where exactly you said twenty two years ago the opioid epidemic was already happening. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've heard numerous stories where people started out with that. They're you know popping pills, popping opioids, and searching almost every evening for painkillers. Yep. And then they switch over to crank, switch over to meth. Because yep. it's more accessible. Yep. And there's like, okay, then then boom, they're going on that trail. And there's then they've been doing it for twenty years. 
Now they, yep. Now they're marrying it with the meth and the fentanyl together. Yeah. Which is yeah. So I even have a client. Um, he was clean, locked up, came out on a Wednesday. Yeah. Dog, I got him all situated. Got him in sober living. Friday, he got his check, and I'm like, "Dog, you can be good." He's like, "Yeah, I'll be good." Mm. Well, I clocked out. Sunday morning, he called nine one one on himself. And when the police got there within six minutes, I believe. Yeah. Six minutes had passed, but when they got there, he was already expired in the back room, and all his homies were crashed out in the living room. Dang, at the sober living? No, not at the sober living, but at the trap house. Dang. So he walked away from sober living after that afternoon. Dang. Dang. Went and got a sack, started getting high Sunday morning. Gone. Yep. So that was just two days. Yeah, man. Friday, Saturday, and gone at six a.m. Sunday morning. That's scary. That's that's why we got to get to the you know the root the root cause of these problems. Because you know abstinence is great, but like think if if your car is acting up and you don't drive it, of course it's going to last a little bit longer. But as soon as you start it up and you didn't fix it, it's going to break down some eventually. Yep. You know that's kind of the analogy that popped into my mind. Don't ask me where that came from, but no, I like good. it. I stand by it. Right. Yeah. Like but anyway, it. yeah. So you know, abstinence is great, but if we're not fixing the root, because like what I was told in one of my many treatment forays, I guess is that my problem wasn't the fact that I drank or used. That was a symptom of a different problem. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. like we got to get to the root cause. We can't just you know keep putting band aids on things. Yeah. And the only way to do that is to get real about it. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Because, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, death is real. Very yes. real. We got to get as real as death. Yep. Yes, definitely. Um, and I'm going to go into this article, like the last part of it. It says, Indigenizing Harm Reduction. This month in the NHRC is launching a Native Harm Reduction Toolkit created in collaboration with um, Brown toolkit created through interviews with native healthcare leaders tribal communities serves as a guide to indigenize harm reduction by infusing language cultural values and connection to community and self and into and self into services and treatment options for me this approach is really dismantling the western approach of dealing with our people brown said we have a different way to engage with our people out here to show them love and to keep them safe one of the biggest pieces for me is connecting them with culture so they're not further isolated. As tribal, tribal nations deal with the drastic spike in opioid-related deaths in recent years, several have adopted harm reduction strategies. Uh, in 2022, the Blackfeet Nation of Montana declared a state of emergency after a rash of opioid deaths, creating a task force to drive efforts to distribute Narcan, host needle exchanges, etc. <clears throat> Earlier, earlier this year, the Cherokee Nation announced the opening of a $3 million, harm, $3 million harm reduction clinic in the nation's capital of... I can't pronounce that. I'm not going to try. Try it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it just goes on and talks about how people are going into harm reduction, but indigenizing it. Yeah. And I know um, that's something that... They're doing at Billings Urban and Health and Wellness Center. Really adopted the Wellbriety model yep. for treatment. And I know you had a you had something to say on that too, Randy, about as far as we need to heal our people. 
Can you yeah. kind of expand on that? Healing kind of has to, <clears throat> not kind of, I, I think like in my opinion, healing has to happen from within. For sure. Like native people have to find a way to connect with other native people because when we try to heal from a Western perspective of society, mm-hmm. look at where we are today. For sure. Yeah. It's just constantly putting a Band-Aid over something that needs surgery. Yep. Like we're sitting over here bleeding out gunshot wound and all western society wants to do is slap a band-aid on our on our cuts true that and when we think about it like man really healing i think like in my again in my opinion the most healing i've ever gotten was when i was around people that looked like me that sounded like me that been through the same things as i have Mm. because as long as we have tried to connect a culture that comes from a social standpoint and we've tried to connect with a culture that comes from an individualism standpoint mm. we're not connecting and we haven't been so what I would like to see is an organization in our community pop up with the solution to the problem that we see in our community mm-hmm. because case in point moving people from downtown doesn't do nothing to solve the problem no no and we understand at the bottom of that decision is just to create more economy for the city of Billings, yeah. well, which exactly. isn't worth it. Yeah. You know, it's like, how can we get the scourge from downtown? I'll say it for them because they're scared to say it. How can we get the scourge from downtown away from, because it's messing with our economics? Yep. Yep. You know? It's messing with the downtown economics. And I think yeah. that's where JC was going with what he was saying. Um, we can't, like both of you guys are saying the same thing, like, we need to, I'm always saying it too, there needs to be a great healing that takes place. Yeah. Now, I'm not against harm reduction. I know it works, so I think we, we need to up that, and we need to promote Narcan. There needs to be Narcan in all the downtown businesses and all the businesses all over, yeah. especially at the West End Walmart, man. There should be Narcan all over the place over there. Yeah. There are there- all kinds of... All kinds of walks of life. Billings can change the game by making it a mandate for every downtown business to have Narcan available and to hand water out to those that are that need water. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so I just want to go back to what you said earlier. You know, this Western kind of way of healing, and I, I can't. I mean, I will guess knock some of their efforts, but at the same time, they cannot operate on us because they don't know us. Mm-hmm. Right. That's exactly what I'm saying. They, they, they do not. They, you can't fix something if you don't know what makes it tick. Yeah. Yep. Right. If you don't know, like, go back to the car analogy. If you don't know anything about vehicles, you can't fix it. But mm-hmm. if you get somebody who's an expert in vehicles, they'll fix anything you want. Standing Boom. in a car doesn't make you a garage. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, those are very wise words of randyism. <laughs> like episode three or something. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really what it is. It's like, dog, you're, we're, we're, we've been here before. This mm. is not the first time. This is not the first epidemic that we've had against drugs. Oh, no. This is not the first time Western culture has tried to heal our people, and it does not work. Does not work. First was methadone clinics. Now it's yep. boxing clinics. Yep. And it'll be really easy for some of our native community people out here that have a decent chunk of change to start a crisis center that's geared towards Native Americans. Um, 
Look at my clinic. Most of us are Narcan trainers. If we're willing to go help our people, we can go free of charge, go train all these people to use Narcan, yep. distribute Narcan to the, the masses. The masses. The, and that's the thing is it's we, we can talk about it, but we need action. We yep. need to put forth the effort because um, all their board meetings aren't helping nothing. Nothing. No. So when you get that huge chunk of change from that grant, all your different organizations, all your multiple meetings that are happening behind closed doors don't do jack. Nothing. They do nothing. Yep. We need, yeah, we need action. Take a little bit of that salary off and put your feet to the pavement out here in our community. Yeah. Then start talking about the change you're making. Yep. And when you think about it, you know, if we, if we backtrack, to when colonialism first started, it's that forced assimilation and that forced cultural shift that got us into this mess in the first place because they oh, yeah. tried to destroy everything that we were about. And then we, we all lost our identities for a while. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, there were some people that, I mean, you, you can read about them, like they were doing things underground. They kept things alive. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, we owe a great debt to those people. But it's that whole idea of... You know, we can fix you. Yep. But obviously you can't. Yeah. You know, you can you can help us fix ourselves. That would be great. If you're scared to shake my hand in public, how can you fix the problem I have? Exactly. exactly. Right on. And if see, you can't even look me in the eye in public, how can you fix the problem I have? And mm-hmm. and then you know, and I always I always say this on this podcast, like I'm not an expert in anything, but I know you. Yeah. Because you're me. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I know I, we might not be exactly the same, but I know a lot about you because you are me. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that saying, I don't know you, but I know you. I yep. see you. I see you. Yeah. Ewa. <laughs> Stupid. I, I see you, handsome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see you, you're I blue. I know that we are talking about how, like, cultural connections, but also we have to stop trying to say i'm from this tribe i'm this thing oh yeah but I, so i'm a native person we are one oh, what yeah. do you call that cross what or what do you call that it's tribalism La- lateral La- no, tra- lateral yeah lateral violence yeah. yeah and that's one thing that's keeping our community down is yep. that we think of us as different yeah. just because we're different tribes like, and that's the same thing like to go along with the other like you don't see hispanic saying oh you're from like, whatever or you don't yeah. see the black saying oh you're haitian you're this you're yeah. that they mm-hmm. freaking rise up for the cause and natives need that same thing too yep. it's like rather than look at ourselves like man i'm cro-. yes it's awesome to celebrate our uniqueness but at the same time uh, uh the cause is greater than one tribe for yep. sure and and, and, and you know, kind of piggybacking off of that, too, is like um, what you're saying and what I was saying earlier, too, is like the reason why we connect with other natives, like we can watch reservation dogs and tribes all over the United States will relate to that. Oh, what's yeah. Because even though we are individual nations with our own, you know, customs and things like that, I, we can relate to those people in Arizona. We can relate to those people in Washington. We can relate to those people back east because they're all we're all indigenous. Oh, yeah. for sure. And to to try to deny that and say, oh no, you're you're this tribe and I'm this tribe and you know we can't blah 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 and we're you know, what it just it's stupid for yeah. sure for sure it's very stupid. Yep. <clears throat> and one of the ways that um, we can indigenize 
the healing indigenized the harm reduction um is like you know is a very basic principle within wellbriety is like addressing the mental emotional physical and spiritual well-being of an individual yes mm-hmm. helping them address those four areas every day yeah you know day. every day you know so for like me you know i journal that addresses my mental and emotional i pray that addresses my spiritual my physical well-being i try to have eat like a low carb snack or low carb lunch or instead of taking the elevator i'll take the stairs or even just going for a walk and if i'm feeling extra froggy i'll go play some basketball <laughs> but um mm. just those four areas and just like simple things like that have kept me on the red road for seven years and some change yes yeah you know so really promoting those pieces teaching those pieces educating people that hey our ancestors our people were aware of these four areas that make up an individual and they address them every day mm-hmm. you know they started their day with prayer they lively up themselves. They were mindful of their emotions and what they were thinking because they were, they wanted to live in a certain way um, to not be offensive to people for the most part. And I'm sure there was some bad apples in there that raised and, hell. And that's, yep. that's a good point. So we'll, I'll just keep it going. So like, okay, uh, physically, like I get a lot of physical activity at work because it's a physical job. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like you said, like, feeling froggy i'll go play some ball or you know always going out and helping my dad you know put in work mm-hmm. at the ranch and so there's physical uh emotional is like you know trying to um be emotionally intelligent what level of anger am i at is that mm. appropriate um if it's not appropriate basically checking myself yeah okay so is this appropriate a level of anger no not for this situation it's ridiculous let that go trying to train myself to be emotionally intelligent and then like the uh mental um like i do a lot of arts and crafts and stuff and that the the process of that Mm -hmm. really gets me thinking and it's kind of a creative thing too but at the same time you know like okay how am i gonna accomplish this part of this thing that i'm trying to make Mm. and um that that kind of helps with my my mental side and of course the spiritual side just that prayer in the morning smudging and you know really 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 with with like with 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 my heart in it um practicing those cultural things that mm-hmm. are you know unique to our tribe like that's what i've been doing for that part of it so like you know and i if you guys got some examples for yourselves i'd be i'd be you know it'd be good to hear them because you know we're giving out examples we're trying to promote this these four areas like okay well what does that look like Mm -hmm. so for me um spiritual i usually start my day with prayer Mm -hmm. or when i get to the clinic i light a little bit of smudge say a prayer for the people and for myself um mental i I like to read Mm. um i try to challenge my brain at least a couple times a day to get out of my comfort zone um emotional i try to connect with somebody so on an emotional level and tell them what's going on in my heart what's going on in my head because if i keep that inside Mm. that's when that's when my brain starts going and if i let it out it doesn't have control over me i'm Mm -hmm. offering it up to the creator um physical i hit the gym i love the gym 
Yeah. I hit the gym at least an hour, uh, five times a uh, week. Nice. Nice. I think we're all on the same point. Like, a lot of um, handling your physicalities, serving. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of, like, you know, especially, like, for Nanders, one thing I notice is we like to look at ourselves as leaders, but the way to leadership is through servanthood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, getting outside of ourselves and being like, okay, how can I serve them to make their thing better? Yeah. How can I serve this to, you know, whatever. What, what strength can I utilize? You know, what part of my, you know, makeup can I, I, I hate to word, use the word I, but like, how can I make this thing better? Yeah. How can I add value to this organization? How can I add value to what they're already doing? I think is a good thing. Um, reading, also playing like mind games, like on my phone. Like I like to play like vocabulary games. Oh. <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, uh, one that I've been hitting has been Elevate. And I just try to, like I'm too cheap to pay for the paid version. So I just do like the three games daily. And oh, it keeps okay. your mind sharp. Mm-hmm. And it really yeah. like, a lot of times I'll, I'll be speaking and then I'll, say something i'm like man i never used that word ever before but how did i you know <laughs> yeah. but it but i'm actually seeing the result from that game um right now yeah so another time i are another thing that i like is like really like what jc had to say about the mental health because i've been catching myself in certain responses too and i'm like man like where did i catch that but also not just catching it but patting myself on the back good job randy yeah you know okay, good yeah. job for doing that because mm-hmm. You didn't always catch that, you know, yeah, noticing yeah. the little growth in my life and also acknowledging the fact that you did it the right way. Yeah. This time. Um, also, mm. prayer, you know, prayer is cool. But one thing that I've really been been learning in this season is to listen and mm. not really open my mouth yeah. because I understand it's about the presence, like carrying God's presence with me no matter where I go mm. and saying, God, I don't ever want, I don't want to be there if you're not there. Yeah. And, and trying to operate from that standpoint, um, because I think we do get prayer wrong. Prayer isn't a time to bring our laundry list to God and say, True. okay, you know, we need you to handle this, this, and this today. Forget about it, that you spent five minutes with God in the morning. Man, the rest of the 23 hours and 55 minutes are for me. Yeah. You know, which is sometimes yeah. that's how we do. Like, I'm going to give it too, but like, yeah. but prayer is, is more about a conversation, right? Yeah. Like us four sitting around this conversation, if Randy, which I love to do, takes up most of the part speaking, (laughs) (laughs) I can't receive anything from you guys. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So relationships are give and take. So is our relationship with our creator. Mm -hmm. Because it's in these prayer times that we'll find a plans for that day. Mm. God, you know my heart. You know me more than than I know myself. Mm-hmm. But I'm here to listen today. What are you saying? And, and actually, just sitting and listening for sure. For sure, that's very key. Yeah. Very important. Yep. I like that. I like that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Also, uh-huh. watch Jeopardy. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah! I won like three billion dollars on here over the years. <laughs> in, in my head, in my head, in my head. <laughs> I'm up three billion. Yeah. <laughs> three billion, Pat Sajak, R.I.P. No, that's, oh, is he uh, still Alex alive? Trebek. Oh, Alex Trebek. Which one is Pat Sajak again? Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune. Oh, he's still alive, but Alex is the one that... Yeah. 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 My yeah. solid, Alex. R.I.P. No, that was good, man. You guys brought it, man. I think that's a good place to end that on, uh, on the topic, on the article, opioids and stuff. 
Um, just wanted to check in with you, Mr. Joni. How, how are things at the Urban Clinic, the peer support? How's that going? Uh, peer support's going excellent. Yeah. Um, oh, you're, you got your license, right? I got my license. Hell yeah. Uh, hey. Hell yeah. Can but I get some Lulu's? Uh, hey. For the <laughs> certificate. <laughs> But I'm actually stepping into a different role probably soon. But I'm quitting. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, the thing is, is I no, that, I, that opens door. It yeah, opened the door. I am already communicating with the person who wants to um, get me onto her project. It's something nice. that um, Josiah did. It's the community coordinator for SBS and community prevention coordinator. Prevention. I forgot the prevention uh-huh. part. So I'll be hang, hanging out with a bunch of youth and telling Come them on. Uh, um, yeah. basically what we talked about. About it's not, it's cool not to do drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, absolutely. Um, connect with them, but I also don't want to leave the clinic high and dry. So I'm going to try to alternate my time with mm. SBS and with the clinic. I already helped out SBS with three events this uh, year, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be helping them out in a week or so. Where I'm Taking some kids rafting. Whoa, Let's go. What? Yeah. Nice. So, so you're going to be uncle. Yeah. Yeah. Sacred uncle. Cool. Yeah. Uncle Stumbling Bear. Ah, <laughs> stumbling Bear. Uncle. He's real good. No, um, no, that's that. The kind of road, that's the. That's what we shot for. Yeah. For the kids to see us as uh, uncles and aunts and stuff, everybody that worked there. So we'd use terminology like my boy and my girl when we we're mm. talking to them. To kind of start that kind of relationship, that rapport and stuff. So, yeah, go ahead. Use that. That one's for free. As um, G- uh, Randy always says. Go and use that one. That one's for free. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's Friday night at a conference speaking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because Friday night's got to be the best night, baby. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. And that's awesome because, I mean, don't feel bad about like stepping away because you got your license now, but then this other opportunity has opened up. Um, that's it. That's been my experience in recovery. Walking the red road is that I keep trusting Akbaradia, leaning on trusting Akbaradia, not leaning on my own understanding, keeping my side of the street clean, and then these opportunities pop up. Boom, boom, boom. Um, doors open up. Like you always tell me. I didn't even ring the doorbell. You always tell me when I'm getting in my own head, the creator's faithful. Just put mm. your trust in him. Mm-hmm. And just like he was saying, I'm, what I'm trying to do as well is form that connection because mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not right all the time, but he is. So I just have to put my faith in, and he'll provide. Yes. First show. First show. Yes. That's awesome. So, yeah, congratulations on uh, become get the certificate and yep. then moving into this other position. You're going to have a lot of fun, man. It is fun working the youth. Yeah. They bring that energy. Yeah. And still, that, that, that's a huge draw for me. Like, for coaching, I love being in the gym and putting the kids through drill, drills. Man, I get that energy. I start getting froggy. Yeah. I start wanting to play some basketball. <laughs> And then, but my knees are like, hold up. <laughs> my knees are like, hold up. That's what I was going to say. Coming up those stairs today, I felt it in my knees. I'm like, dang. <laughs> 40 got some. <laughs> 40 ounce club. Yeah. 
So I'll you let guys, you know how I feel when I get there. Hey. <laughs> this kid got to 40. What was it like mid 90s? <laughs> 25 years ago. <laughs> Those are the days. <laughs> Once upon a time. The independent basketball scene was hopping. <laughs> I just know they're there. They don't bother me, though. <laughs> but it went all state if Coach played me. Yeah. Oh, I got that Pendleton MVP, but I fought out. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that last time we were joking about that? And I said something like, I would have won state if the coach didn't kick me off for drinking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. That, was, that was too close to the heart. <laughs> So you guys been able to beat the heat? Ooh, man, it's been hot. Yeah. I was thinking about getting my uh, AC recharged. Yeah. And I went to um, the the actual dealership. <laughs> he said $500. Yeah. Oh, what? Because there's two, there's two different kinds of that coolant, that Freon or whatever. Yeah. There's two different types. And the newer, they, the older one is more detrimental to the environment. Yeah. So they phased it out. And now, like, these newer cars have this other one that's, like, Man, what did he say? Like four? I can't remember the price, but it was they pay by the pound. Wow! So like, but whatever that stuff is that they put in there. Uh huh. And he said, "Oh yeah, that you got Freon? Yeah, you got the expensive one." And I'm like, "Oh man!" But then I called another place, and he said like one seventy. So I might go check that out. What? But at the same time, I just tried to upcharge you. Yeah, man. The dealerships get you, stuff. Man, yeah, yeah. But that, but yeah, but that's the way those dealerships are, though. They'll 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 get you if you. Yeah. Because they, they, you know, they justify it like, oh, yeah, we got all the experts and all this and that and the other. But I'm like, yeah. But I don't know if that if I need it now because the other day when I turned it up, it, like, was blowing. It was, like, cold, cold. Yeah. Like, I turned it off. Wow. Started freezing. Started freezing. Could also try one of those ones from uh, Walmart. But you it's put not, it in there. It's, the, one I, the ones I seen over there weren't that right. It wasn't the right kind. That right now as well? No, no. Yeah, well, they... There's two different types, and then if you get the right one, it'll fit. Yeah, like you said, the nozzle yeah. will fit, but if it's the wrong type, it won't even fit on your yeah your uh, <laughs> your hole. We're not going there today. This is a family show. Yeah. Hey, I set them up. You guys knock them down. That's we the way this works. Turn the new leaf. <laughs> Quit yeah, manhandling right. that. That's why you guys are all cheesed out right now. <laughs> Did you see that one with the? It was supposed to be Adam and Eve, and that one Adam he looked at his wife even said, "You need bigger uh, cl- uh, oh, leaves. Yeah. Bigger leaves. <laughs> you do too." <laughs> <laughs> They're like in their seventies. Yeah. <laughs> You need a bigger leaf. You do too. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was that's a good one. I seen one today. It cracked me up. It said, "Nowhere in the Bible does it say uh, Eve held it down for Adam when he was in prison." <laughs> <laughs> Damn! Oh, <laughs> uh, that one cracked me up today. Right on, man. Any uh, closing thoughts before we turn it that turn it off? No, no. Where's the off button? Oh, it's right there. Any burning desires? You got, got anything, anything burning? burning? You got anything burning, Craig? <laughs> <laughs> Besides your undies? <laughs> I wrap it up. I don't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're not going <laughs> to There's some joking that went on before we hit record. Yeah. But, yeah, we're not going to go there. That, was, that, was, that one's a little too easy. Anyway. That was an off-the-air joke. Though. That's an off-the-air joke. <laughs> Tune in for our bonus material. <laughs> <laughs> All well, right. I'm glad to know you guys have a limit. <laughs> yep. 
This, I don't this know. is a family I, show, man. Yeah, I told you. Family show. I've been thinking about a fried bread burrito this whole time. Oh, man, I'm man. hungry, man. Yeah, we're going to go downstairs and celebrate uh, one of our homies' third third uh, recovery birthday. Let's go. So we're going to go do that. So we're going to sign off. So all our listeners all over Flat Earth, we love you. We appreciate you. And all our unspoken words, disciples, keep spreading unspoken words. Gospel, Billy Graham style. Hey. Oh. All right. And we're out. Peace. Now sit back, relax, and listen to some real talk. Now sit back, relax, and listen.